Welcome to the Lightly Salted Podcast. These are the readings and sermons of St. John's Lutheran Church of Park Rapids, Minnesota. They are offered so that the Word of God would shape and strengthen you to be what He calls you to be, salt and light. You can find us at stjohnspr.org. Now, on to the Word. The Old Testament reading for the 15th Sunday after Pentecost is from Ezekiel chapter 33. So you, son of man, I have made a watchman for the house of Israel. Whenever you hear a word from my mouth, you shall give them warning from me. If I say to the wicked, O wicked one, you shall surely die, and you do not speak to warn the wicked to turn from his way, that wicked person shall die in his iniquity. But his blood I will require at your hand. But if you warn the wicked to turn from his way, and he does not turn from his way, that person shall die in his iniquity. But you have delivered your soul. This is the word of the Lord. Our epistle is from Romans chapter 13. Let every person be subject to the governing authorities. For there is no authority except from God. And those that exist have been instituted by God. Therefore, Whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed. And those who resist will incur judgment. For rulers are not a terror to good conduct, but to bad. Would you have no fear for the one who is in authority? Then do what is good, and you will receive his approval. For he is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid. For he does not bear the sword in vain. For he is the servant of God, an avenger who carries out God's wrath on the wrongdoer. Therefore, one must be in subjection, not only to avoid God's wrath, but also for the sake of, co- of conscience. For the same reason, you will also pay taxes. For the authorities are ministers of God, attending to this very thing. Pay to all what is owed to them, taxes to whom taxes are owed, Revenue to whom revenue is owed. Respect to whom respect is owed. Honor to whom honor is owed. Owe no one anything except to love each other. For the one who loves another has fulfilled the law, the commandments. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not murder. You shall not steal. You shall not covet. And any other commandment are summed up in this word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to a neighbor. Therefore, love is fulfilling of the law. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel, according to Matthew 18, the 18th chapter. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus, saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And calling to him a child, he put him in the midst of them and said, Truly I say to you, unless you turn and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Whoever receives one such child in my name receives me. But whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him to have a great millstone fastened around his neck 
and to be drowned in the depth of the sea. Woe to the world for temptation to sin, for it is necessary that temptations come. But woe to the one whom temptations comes. And if your hand or your foot causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to enter life crippled or lame than with two hands or two feet to be thrown into the eternal fire. If your eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. It is better for you to enter life with one eye than with two eyes to be thrown into the hell of fire. See that you do not despise one of these little ones. For I tell you that in heaven, their angels always see the face of my Father who is in heaven. For the Son of Man came to save the lost. What do you think? If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them has gone astray, does he not leave the ninety-nine on the mountains and go in search of the one that went astray? And if he finds it, truly I say to you, he rejoices over it more than the other than the ninety-nine that never went astray. So it is not the will of my Father who is in heaven that one of these little ones should perish. Now, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you have gained your brother. But if he does not listen, take two or two, one or two others along with you that every charge may be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen even to the church, let him be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. Truly, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Again, I say to you, if two of you agree on earth about anything they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. Where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am among them. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. I'm going to just warn you, it's going to be a wild ride today. My moods have been uh, sort of swinging a little bit recently. Brain doesn't really want to focus. And before you all give me advice, it has nothing to do with sending another child off to college. I looked at the texts, and for a variety of reasons, I don't want to preach on any of them. Now, I'm going to spare you the details because time is of the essence on this day. I didn't want to preach the Old Testament. I didn't want to preach the epistle. And then we get to this gospel reading, this huge section. Yeah, it's all connected. But there are like seven major teachings in these 20 verses. Each one of them is worthy of focus. You know, that would be like 49 minutes at minimum. But again, I'm going to warn you where my, my mind's been at and my crotchety moods. There's this. I, I, I made this slide to look all nice and gospel-y, if that's possible. I mean, that tender care rendered by the good shepherd who obviously is Jesus because he's wearing the right robes. 
that, that tender care for that one little lamb that's wandered away from the fold. Oh, I even use like a font that says, that's so nice. Did you read the words? Did you really pay attention? Now listen to this very short story again. What do you think, Jesus says, if a man has a hundred sheep and one of them has gone astray, does he not leave the 99 on the mountains and go in search of the one that went astray? This really isn't a parable. Jesus, rather, is relating a very real-life situation in which he expects the disciples to have sort of a, a gut reaction. Well, of course he would. But it's the next sentence that simply got under my skin. And when he finds it, truly I say to you, he rejoices over it more than 99 that never went astray. Did you catch it? He rejoices over it more than the 99 who never went astray. Now, Jesus could have said, he rejoiced greatly over this found lamb, or he celebrated the recovery of this lamb, or he hooped and hollered when he found it. But no, Jesus makes a comparative statement. He rejoices over this wandering sheep more than over the 99 that never went astray. So, I ask you, what's the moral of the tale? Well, again, in my crotchety attitude, it seems to me that we ought to always be running away much more often. Enough of this trying to be obedient. Enough of this singing hymns about, oh, that the Lord would guide my way. Trying to follow God's commandments. Giving up of our time to come to church, to help at church, to serve at church. Why be part of the 99 when God has so much more joy over the one that went astray? And, and, yeah, as pastor was reading the gospel reading, I was like, Oh yeah, Jesus tells us, chop off your hands and your feet if they're going to cause you to sin. But I rejoice more over the one that's gone astray. What? And honestly, I'm not alone in my thinking. As I was searching for image ideas to put on the screen, I ran across this saying. Well, relatively this saying. I adapted it just a hair for our... Oh, can you advance the slide? Thank you. That there is more joy over the one is illogical, irrational, and senseless. To which I added my own snarky comment. Next slide. And offensive. Welcome, well, first of all, to the inner workings of my brain but welcome, much more importantly, to the scandal of the gospel. Because the gospel of Jesus Christ is scandalous to its core. We're so used to it that I think we forget how weird it is and scandalous it is. It's a total scandal because it takes everything that we instinctively think about God and his reign, and how things should work in his kingdom, and it flips it on its head. 
just as he does in the case of these few words of Jesus. You know, Jesus uses a story of a lost sheep in two different times and in two very, well, not very, but definitely two different contexts. The one that I think we're most familiar with is in Luke when Jesus tells it as a full parable, but he's telling it to strike the Pharisees and the self-righteous right between the eyes. There in the concluding statement of the parable, Jesus says, just so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over the 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. (laughs) As if such a thing actually exists. But in Matthew, it's just a little bit different context. The 99 are not derided or condemned as being self-righteous. But maybe it's a little bit more of a case of being fat and satisfied. The story is told by Jesus in response to the question of the disciples, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Right? The first action of Jesus is to put a little child, probably should think in this case a toddler, right in the midst of them to call them to humble repentance. Greatness in the kingdom of heaven isn't measured by some worldly standard of accomplishment. Greatness in the kingdom of heaven is not determined who should be served and who should be doing the serving. But greatness in the kingdom of heaven is measured in terms of weakness, in terms of dependency, in terms of vulnerability. Like a toddler who without adult care simply won't survive. Jesus calls on His disciples, who are looking to be the greatest in the kingdom, to regard such needy little ones as the most important people of all, and worthy of virtually unlimited care and forgiveness. I think it's really easy for us to simply graze on God's grace and be satisfied. Hey, Stan, good grass, eh? Yep, Joe, sure is. Good water, too, calm, peaceful, and still. Boy, I'm glad we made it. Do you ever wonder what happened to us? Bob? Not sure. Thought I saw him head over to the tall grass by the rock pile. But not sure. Oh, sure hope he didn't slip down in that pit. Yep. In this little story Jesus tells, it really isn't actually Jesus who is the good shepherd seeking out the vulnerable lambs that are wandering. Rather, Jesus Jesus is inviting His disciples to be those very shepherds who are seeking out the needy little lamb who's wandered away and could be in great danger. Jesus 
Jesus is inviting his disciples who are arguing about who's the greatest in the kingdom. He's inviting them into the joy of the Father, into the joy of finding these who are lost and astray. Finding those who are needy and caring for them. I've been asked a lot of times over my ministry here about people. What's ever happened to so-and-so? And that's reasonable. A big part of my job is to be an under-shepherd. But I would also say this. Out of concern for so-and-so, you need to ask them. You know, a call from a friend that simply says, I've noticed you haven't been around much recently, is probably, and this is very unscientific, probably at least 10 times as effective as the pastor calling and saying, hey, I was going through the rolls and noticed you weren't here. You see, Jesus concludes this little section by saying, so it is not the will of my Father who is heaven that any one of these little ones should perish. Jesus intends to move the disciples, to move us to an attitude of watchful care and watchful concern and absolute delight in those who are the greatest, those who are the most dependent, those who are the neediest at any given time. I deceived you slightly because... That scene on the internet goes actually a little more like this. Next slide, please. It is illogical, irrational, and senseless until you're the one, which we all are. How do you think the got flock is gathered in the first place? It's gathered one by one. For many of us, we don't even remember being gathered into the flock. We've simply been a part of it. We were blessed to have parents that shepherd us to the font where Jesus called us by name, made us a part of his flock. Many of us throughout our childhood were cared for, not only for the physical needs that we had, but for our spiritual needs as well. We were well-watered and well-fed by regular church attendance, by coming to Sunday school, by being taught in Bible class. We, we grew up in the faith. In many ways, we've never known life without the care of a shepherd. But it's not just for us to enjoy But as we have become mature sheep, we want to be filled also with this joy of caring for others, even as we've been cared for. Now, as I look out and as I was watching people come in, as I was practicing this morning, these wonderful words are important, but they are also the law. It also condemns me, And if you have careful reflection, you know how often you've passed up an opportunity to care for the weakest and the neediest. So what do we do? We do what we've done again today. We gather as the flock of God. 
Coming into his presence with what? Words of confession. And receiving what? The blessing of absolution. As we came together today, we acknowledged we are the one. And God said, yep, and I love each and every one of you so much that I sent my son for you. Today, we have the chance not only to hear again the good news, but to receive it, to be well fed and watered with the very body and blood of the good shepherd who has claimed us as his own. Amen. And may the peace of God and the joy of God be yours in Christ Jesus, your good shepherd. Amen. Thanks for listening to Lightly Salted. We'd love to hear from you. You can contact us at stjohnspr.org or look for us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Our thanks to Eric Medeish at soundimage.org for Morning Jew. God's blessings.